Hi, I'm Cameron Pickworth, and my leadership quote of the day is from Ken Kesey. You don't lead by pointing and telling people someplace to go. You lead by going to that place and making a case. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become confident, game-changing leader assistants. With so much on your plate, wouldn't it be nice if ordering food for the office were easy and reliable? My friends at Easy Cater are workplace catering pros, helping you find food for everything from daily employee meals to staff meetings and special events. With Easy Cater's network of over 100,000 restaurants nationwide, you'll have a huge variety of options near you for any group size, dietary need, or budget. Your food arrives on time as ordered, all supported 24-7 by Easy Cater's team of experts. Visit easycater.com slash leader assistant to find out more. Hey friends, welcome to the Leader Assistant Podcast. It's episode 213. You can check out the show notes at leaderassistant.com slash 213, leaderassistant.com slash 213. And today I'm very excited to be speaking with Cameron Pickworth. Cameron, how's it going? Doing very well. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah. What part of the world are you in? I'm in Salem, Oregon, just a little bit south of Portland. Very nice. And are you from that area? No, I'm actually from the Midwest, the Columbus, Ohio area. Ah, lovely. That's where my wife is from. Oh, um, go Bucks. I was going to say her uh, dad is in the Ohio State Hall of Fame. He was a hockey player oh. and hockey coach. Oh, wow. Uh, and yeah, so I, I've gone to a couple tailgating uh, gatherings at the Ohio State University. So <laughs> and spent a little bit of time in Columbus before they retired and moved away. But um, what uh, she went to, I think it was Pickerington High School. Oh, yeah, I had a lot of friends from the Pickerington area. Oh, nice. Small world. Small yeah. world. <laughs> So how did you end up in the, on the West Coast then? Yeah, so I my sister moved out here to go to naturopathic school. So that's like natural medicine. Um, and I really fell in love with the area. And so I decided to make the trek out here for college. Cool. And how did you end up in the assistant world? Yeah, so around my freshman year of college, I went to Willamette University. Um, I was looking for a way to make money, as most college kids are. I'd worked in the restaurant world since I was about 13, really young, and I just knew that I didn't want to keep doing that. So I was looking for alternative options, and I kind of stumbled upon the virtual assistant world. And I really fell in love with it. I fell in love with working with clients. I fell in love with maintaining efficiencies and systems. Um, and so over the course of my college career, I just kind of continued to pick up on it. And in combination with my communications degree, as I got into my senior year of college, and I was really starting to have to make that decision about what did I really want to do with my future, um, I kind of had to choose between was I going to go into corporate communications and go that route? Or did I want to try to start something on my own um, and go go that route? So I did open up my own business my senior year of college and I just continued on with that and and we've been able to grow ever since. Wow, that's amazing. So you said we, how many people did you start with? Was it just you at the beginning and how many people are on your team now? 
Yeah. So I, it was mostly me to start. I worked with my clients on my own for probably about two or three years. And then I did start bringing in other team members. So that's why we're an agency now. I have a small team still of seven who I personally train and mentor throughout their virtual assistant journey. Um, some people come to me a little bit more expert. Some people are pretty new. So it's a good mix. Um, and then I also say me, we because my partner was very involved and encouraging and helping me um, kind of get to where I am. So he was a big part of of helping with that as well. Very nice. And how did you get, you know, when we talk about virtual assistants and where I talk to full-time executive assistants like myself who, you know, they're day in, day out, full-time, quote unquote, normal assistant job. And they think, you know what, I kind of want the work from home flexibility. I kind of want to start my own thing, but I don't know where to get clients. How did you, how did you start off getting clients? Yeah. So I started on the major platforms. So Fiverr, Upwork, those types of places. And I really did start by building up a strong profile. I really committed early on to doing and being kind of an excellent worker for my, um, for my clients. So I, I was able to work up in about two years to getting over 50 five-star reviews on Upwork. And I think that really, really helped kind of jumpstart that. And through all those clients, I now work almost completely referral-based. So I don't have to continue to maintain too much of a presence on those platforms. I can really just continually get clients from the amazing clients that I've already built. That's great. And then how did you find other assistants to help with as you get more clients? Yeah, so I have a pretty, pretty vigorous process. I, you know, I really want to provide excellent service to to my clients and their associated people. Um, so I go through a whole system. I I find them traditionally. So whether that's like um, Indeed, places like that, like traditional recruiting sites, I do it all myself. I vet them all. Um, I have interviews with them. I test them on their skills. And then once I've kind of decided that somebody is at least in a great place to be molded, like I don't need anybody to be perfect when they come to me. None of us are perfect. So that's not what I'm looking for. But I am looking for people who are uh, moldable and and going to be at least invested in trying to provide good service. So I go through that and then we start the training process from there. Wow. So are you hiring on a regular basis? Do you kind of go into in seasons? Yeah, we do go in seasons. So one thing that's really important to me at my agency, and this is a little bit different across different virtual agencies, is that we don't have any sort of competition as part of our structure. So I never want my assistants to feel like they're competing with other members of our team for clients. So I'm pretty choosy about when and how I hire so that the team really fits together and we have a really diverse set of skills um, so that nobody has to feel like they're competing too much for clients. Okay. Awesome. And then how does your model work? Is it, are your assistants contractor part-time? Are they full-time with benefits and everything? How does that work? I know different VA firms I've talked to uh, do it differently. Yeah, right now we're all contractors. I am hoping to start being able to offer full-time benefits, all that type of stuff soon. But we are just at the beginning of our um, third full year. So we're still looking to grow a lot in the next couple of years. Okay, cool. And then I see on your website, which is firstpickpickva.com, I see some of the clients you've worked with, pretty impressive 
Uh, sounds like you've had some good success. What, uh, do you have any fun stories of maybe you or your team providing a little bit of a miracle, uh, working magic, working, whatever you want to call it, superhero work, uh, for one of your clients and in a tough situation? Oh gosh, that's so, such a good question. Um, I work with so many amazing clients that, that we do, we juggle so much for, for all of them. Um, one thing that, that comes to mind initially was I was working with one of my clients and I did, I was doing mostly their kind of billing and, um, invoicing type stuff. And they had this one particular, uh, client who just could not pay their invoices on time. And they were a big client. So we're talking about, you know, 50 plus thousand dollars per invoice. And they just would not pay these invoices on time. And they kept backing up and they kept backing up. And at one point, my client came to me and they said, Cameron, you know, can you just get them to pay these? Like, we'll do anything if you can just get these people to pay these invoices. And so it took quite a while. And I had to talk to probably 30 people in that company to, to get these invoices paid. But finally, after I think 10 months of them not paying these consistently really large invoices, we got them to pay them all at once. And it was just completely off the plate for my client. And that was such a win across the board um, because so many people had been trying to get those invoices paid uh, and it took quite a while. So that was definitely one that had a real tangible effect for the company. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's literally affecting the bottom line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very much affecting the bottom line. Nice. So what about a couple a couple topics that you brought up as we were um, chatting about being on the show and and topics you'd be interested in? Um, your you started pretty young. You started this business pretty young. I believe mm-hmm. you were twenty one when you started. Is that right? Yeah, that's when I officially launched the business. So I've been doing virtual assistant work since I was eighteen, um, but I officially started the business at twenty one. Okay. And so that was during uh, COVID, was that right? Yep. Wow. And so you're a young entrepreneur. Um, what, what's something that you would say to those listening who are either young, uh, just speak to the young entrepreneur world, but or just simply people who don't see themselves running their own business, or maybe they've thought about it, but they just can't quite get over that hump of, of taking a risk and trying it out. Um, what are your thoughts on um, just from your young entrepreneur experience? Yeah. One thing I like to say to um, young people and young people that I talk to, especially people from my schools that I've gone to um, that I don't feel like entrepreneurship is an option that is talked about for young people. When we talk about entrepreneurship, we're talking about people primarily in their 30s, 40s, 50s, people who have had a career and now don't want to have a career. And this is something I feel very passionate about as somebody who's actually the very top of the the Gen Z group. And for all Gen Zs that are going to come after me, I think that we're looking for a different type of work. And I think that entrepreneurship gives people that option to not have to go corporate, not have to go into these traditional careers 
career paths where they can actually really build something that's unique to them and the life that they want. Um, and I, I don't think that you have to wait till you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s. I think you can just say, hey, I have a passion for this. I have a skill for this. I've built a little bit of you know knowledge around how to be the best I can at this thing. And so I'm going to go off on my own and, and see what I can make of it. And if I fail, I fail. And that's part of entrepreneurship and part of life. So don't be afraid of that failure because at, in the long run, it's really going to help you succeed with your goals. Well said. Was there, speaking of failure, was there a moment when you're like, oh, this is not going to work? This is um, coming up against a, an obstacle that I don't know if I can overcome. <laughs> yes, definitely. I think at multiple points, I've I've always been more entrepreneurial. I, I had entrepreneur parents. I have um, eight aunts and uncles and six of them are entrepreneurs. So it, it a little bit runs in my, in my gene pool. Um, but I would say that as I was getting older, like late high school, early college, I tried a lot of different things. So like I wanted to go into psychology. That's what I thought I was going to go into school for. And I wanted to start a, um, interior design business. I wanted to go into real estate at one point and I tried all these little different things. Um, to see what really clicked. And it wasn't until I landed on virtual assistant work that it really felt like it clicked for me. Uh, in addition to that, when I, as I've been working as a virtual assistant and working as an EA uh, virtually for lots of clients, there were a lot of times where you get really bad imposter syndrome, especially if you are working with some high tier clients, because I was 21 working with, you know, multi-million dollar CEOs and thinking to myself, like, I don't know if I belong in this room with these people. Um, and then, and then reminding yourself that they wouldn't have you in the room if they didn't want you there. So that's, I think, a really important reminder for young people that you, that imposter syndrome is going to happen. And there are going to be moments where you try things and they're not the thing that's for you. And that's okay. Just keep, keep on keeping on <laughs> and, and try your best. And at some point you will find something that, that really clicks. Are you ready to elevate your career in 2024? I'm Maggie Olson, founder of Nova Chief of Staff Certification, the first of its kind online course for aspiring and existing chiefs of staff. With curriculum taken directly from on-the-job responsibilities, Nova's self-paced learning modules provides you with hands-on experience so you can feel competent and confident moving into a chief of staff style role. It's the perfect next step for executive assistants. Head to leaderassistant.com slash Nova to learn more, grab the syllabus and enroll today. Yeah. So what about balance, work-life balance as, you know, you're doing freelance work. I know from experience in my career, if you have multiple executives you're supporting as a virtual assistant, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's like that perception of this glamorous life. Oh, I'm just sitting on the beach getting my work done. But then the reality is like, oh, you know, instead of just having one boss that I answer to, I have like multiple bosses all hours of the day bugging <laughs> me. So how do you keep keep balance and, and create the lifestyle you want? Absolutely. Great question. 
I think that it takes practice. I do. I don't think that I get into it and be great at setting boundaries. And I really think that's such a big part of whether you're any virtual assistant working with multiple clients or you're an in-person or or full-time EA who's working with one client, setting boundaries in this type of profession is so important. And I really struggled with that as somebody who was young and in college and not super, I didn't have as many responsibilities then as I did now. I was very giving with my time. And I would do things like work with clients super late into the night, even though I didn't really want to, or I was really tired. Or I had a test the next day or things like that. And it, as I got older and more responsibilities got put on my plate, both in my personal life and as a business owner, I really had to, I was kind of forced to learn how to set those healthy boundaries, which for me looks like shutting off around 5 PM. I, I really try very hard not to be on call after 5 um, especially because as a business owner, I have to do that portion of things as well. And in, in what <laughs> would traditionally be my free time. Um, and I, I love to hike and I love to do things on the weekends like that. And that time is for me and it's for my family. And, and that's really important time. Um, and I cannot be the best assistant. I cannot be the best part of someone's team if I don't have that time for myself. So how do you help your team do the same? Absolutely. We we spend a lot of time talking about boundaries. We have a whole section of our training about it. And it's something that I talk about routinely with my with my team is just how important it is, not just for you, but for the relationship that you have with your client to maintain healthy boundaries. If you're burnt out, if you're tired, if you're not focused on the work because you've been overextending yourself, then you're not going to be able to serve them as best as possible. So it really is beneficial, not just to the individual, but also to the client themselves. And that's something that I remind clients of also that boundaries are not there to to indicate that somebody doesn't want to work hard <laughs> just because you want to have time with your family at the end of the night does not mean you're, you're not a hard worker. Mm. Um, and I think that's a really important thing for clients to also know as they're getting started with somebody. Yeah. So how um, keep on the subject of team building. Yeah. How else have you worked with, you know, remote culture, team building culture for your team as you scale. And I know it's often a referral based industry, the VA Mm -hmm. world. So you, you definitely want happy clients, happy team members. um, So those referrals can keep coming in, but yeah. What's some good remote work team building tips? Absolutely. I think that one of the most important things when you're working with a team, especially, especially a virtual team is as as my, I call myself a team lead. I don't like the term manager, things like that, because we're just not a traditional team by any means. Um, I think one thing that I find that's super valuable for my team is just being available for them. You know, they know I have clients that I work with. They know that I'm essentially running on my own and they, but they are still a priority for me and they can reach out to me anytime, any day. If they have a question about something, if they have a concern about a client, if they just, aren't quite sure how to handle a situation. I'm I'm there for them and the rest of the team is there for them. And I think that's a really important piece of it is we're not a traditional office. We're not a traditional group of people that come together every day and work the same hours and are available at the same times. We're just kind of a core group of people who do a similar thing to the point of being able to have relatable experiences that um that really impact our 
our ability to do good work. So we, because we can be a strong team, because we can be together, because we can bounce ideas off each other and get advice, we're better workers for our clients. Um, and I think that that's really important for our team that it's, it's not about physically working the same hours or being physically together. It's about this sort of mental agreement that we're all there for each other uh, and kind of common, common camaraderie together. Love it. Love it. Uh, what about, you, you mentioned one of the topics, ethical freelance ship, which mm-hmm. I think you've made up the word potentially, which yep. is awesome. I like <laughs> making up words as well. What do you mean by ethical, being an ethical freelancer? Mm-hmm. So I call this term ethical freelance ship. I have noticed a trend and I've seen this both in my team and kind of across the virtual assistant world specifically is as this younger, newer generation is coming up, they are looking for those unique opportunities to work independently and not feel like they're being pushed into some sort of corporate or traditional job. And that is really materializing in that so many young people are going into freelance work and they're learning skills just like 50, 60 years ago, somebody would have become a technical worker. They would have become like a a plumber or something like that. A lot of those people are now getting college educations and they're, they're realizing that even though they have this college education, they don't want to go into a traditional career path. So freelance work where they can learn a technical skill um, but also kind of manage their themselves in their own business is really beneficial for people. And as that is happening, um, it, I think that we need to be conscious as a society that we cannot treat freelancers how we have in the past, which is traditionally very kind of short and and like they're not a part of a team, like they don't matter because they're freelancers. And I've experienced that and almost every freelancer that I've ever experienced has experienced that negative uh, interaction with a client where you just don't feel like they respect you because you are not a full-time member of their staff, even though they really do value and need your work. Um, And so one initiative that I really value when I practice this in my business with my team is, is the idea of ethical freelanceship where we both demand and give respect as if we were full full team members. We don't expect to be treated even though we're part-time members of a team. We, we want to treat our clients like they're our full responsibility, like they're our full time when we're with them and we expect them to treat us the same. Hmm. That's great. Well, Cameron, this has been a lot of, uh, good insight and it sounds like you've got a great team and a great business going. Congrats on your young, uh, business career. And sounds like, uh, you're having fun. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. That's what it's all about. So what what do you kind of the there's two more topics um, that I wanted to, to touch on. Um, one of them is if if there are assistants listening and I even had an assistant reach out to me earlier today uh, that just said, hey, I'm looking for a 20 to 30 hour a week virtual assistant role. If you know of anything, what what do you recommend for those assistants? in that situation, they're like, Hey, I just want a 20, 30, 35 hour a week remote assistant job. Where, where should they start? 
Yeah. So I think that they have two primary options. If they feel comfortable getting started on their own, getting onto a freelance platform and kind of being their own advocate, then I would say get started there. Um, if they want a little bit more hands-on, somebody who's going to help them find clients, who's going to vet clients, uh, who's going to make personal connections based off of their experience, then an agency might be better for them. Uh, but I will say that I have had a lot of assistants in the past who have had very negative experiences with these huge um, assistant platforms. So both both the like SaaS platforms like Upwork and things like that have their own challenges, but also bigger agencies. So so agencies that have thousands and thousands of assistants across the whole world, there isn't that personalized aspect to it. So if you have the opportunity to chat with a boutique. Uh, agency, which is more like what we are, that's going to be the most personalized experience. Um, and I would also say just be open to working with more than one client if you want to get up to close to a full-time schedule. Mm-hmm. A lot of virtual assistants that I know do work with multiple clients if, they, if they're if they trying to get up to full-time. I think that's part of the reason people hire virtual versus in-person is because they want somebody for part-time. Um, but it's not impossible to find one person that wants your, your full attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So the other topic that you shared with me when we scheduled this call is overcoming childhood trauma and shaping it into a successful future. That's a kind of a loaded, uh, (laughs) loaded bullet line. Um, so however you want to talk about that, I would love to hear, um, what you, what you're hoping to share with those listening. Absolutely. Um, so, so that tends to be a much larger topic, and I could talk about that for a whole individual. You know, that could be a whole podcast discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I would say for anybody that has had things happen to them in their past, and people have written them off because of it. So, for me, not to get too personal, but for when I was um, a younger girl, my father passed away, and there's a lot of stigmas that come with that, and there's a lot of the the ideas of how you're going to turn out when bad things happen to you as a kid. And I think that one option for people who who feel like they aren't interested in a traditional career path, maybe because they are are dealing with some of these things from their childhood, is to think about entrepreneurship and to to start something on your own. And that just because people might tell you when you're young that uh, your life is going to go a certain way, that that is your choice, how your life goes um, in the future. So just because you've, you've dealt with things in childhood does not mean that you can't build the successful future that you want. Mm, that's great. So w- was there practically things that have helped you um, in your story, like therapy or counseling or, you know, was what, what practically helped you? And if those listening have experienced trauma and are trying to move forward, but getting stuck, what do you recommend? Um, I absolutely recommend therapy. I think everybody should do therapy if they're able to. I think regardless of if you had trauma or if you're just a human in this world, there's <laughs> there's no harm in, in, in getting a little therapy and seeing what comes of it. Uh, so I would definitely say that that is really important and um, can be really life-changing to, to try to heal and heal with the help of a trained professional. Um, I also think that there's 
that it's worth doing the work. So if you're hurting, if you're somebody who especially dealt with trauma or loss or anything like that when you were young, that it is worth trying to heal. Because I think that's something that we we convince ourselves really quickly is that we're just damaged. And because we're damaged, we can't move on with our goals. We can't move on with our life. And I would really suggest that if you're in your early 20s and you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to try to go out on your own, you got to heal those wounds too. Um, Cause you got to be able to, to work through the issues that you have to be able to put your full self forwards in both a professional relationship, just in life in general. Um, so, so do the work while you can, and, and it's going to be the easiest in your early twenties. So, so give it a shot. <laughs> well said, well said, Cameron, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your story. Where can people find out about you and, and learn more? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. First of all, if you're looking to find us, you can find us all across the board, across all social media at First Pick VA. And that's first, like the number pick P-I-C-K and then VA. Um, and you can find us across the board. If you're looking to, to chat with us, you can always email us at info at firstpickva.com. Um, we're always looking to make new connections and you can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm always looking to connect there as well. Awesome. Well, I'll put all those links in the show notes at leaderassistant.com slash 213. And people can reach out and say hi and learn more about y'all. And yeah, best of luck to you. Uh, stay in touch and uh, go uh, Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. Go Bucks. <laughs> Please review on Apple Podcasts. Go Bullos.com.